We bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who is our Lord and Savior for that we have made it to come back today to continue with our wonderful teaching series. This is Freedom Streams program and with this program you are going to find and to learn a lot of things from the word of God in a subjective and living way your enjoyment and experience in Christ. This is Pastor Dennis Matov Oda from Freedom Experience Ministry. The Freedom Experience Ministry, our vision is simply to experience Christ, the subjective Christ, the living Christ within us to experience this Christ in our day-to-day life. We are taking this truth subjectively, enjoying it and experiencing the Christ in the Word of God. And uh, in this teaching that I started, uh, this is our episode 40 of God's New Testament plan, God's New Testament economy. And we need to understand that the plan of God in the 27 books the New Testament because we now know that we, if we want to understand the Old Testament and everything that was concealed there, we need to come and see the revelation in the New Testament. In the Old Testament there was a God who was even not known to the people that worshipped him. But in the New Testament there is a God that has become one with man, that has come towards man and he has even gone through the process and now he has entered man we need to know such a God that is dispensing himself into us we need to know his attributes his nature, his passion and I believe that in a few more two episodes or three I will be finishing up uh, the attributes of God so that we continue to learn and to know something else Uh, we have been talking about previously in episode 39 we talked about the grace of God and uh, we discover that grace is a person a living person that has come into us as life life supply the triune God has entered into man to supply him to meet all his needs and that is what grace is all about when the attributes of God and what God has and all the riches of God are displayed and experienced by us that is grace this is what God has come to do in our lives. He has not only come to give us unmerited favor as it has been always been defined that grace is unmerited favor. He has become to become he has come to become everything and he has also given us the same ministry and he has given us stewardship over this manifold grace that is in us so that we may minister to one another in these special gifts so that we may uh, display and express the uh, various aspects of the grace of God. Now, this is what we enjoyed previously. I want to continue today uh, with God's attributes. And in this message, uh, we shall see that we begin with what we call encouragement. When we talk about encouragement, it means that encouragement is also the attribute of God. is the God of encouragement we needed to to learn something from this Romans chapter 15 verses 5 the Bible says in verse 5 of Romans 15 now the God of patience and consolation which is also encouragement grant you to be like minded one one toward another according to Christ Jesus so we see that God here is called the God of encouragement, something that is also called consolation. 
But when you come to Second Corinthians one three, it it brings it uh, much much to our own understanding in a closer way. It says in Second Corinthians one three, it says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, compassions, and God of all encouragement." The God of all encouragement. So encouragement as an attribute of God is slightly different from comfort and is slightly different from consolation. Here when we go back to the Greek rendering, encouragement that is seen in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3 has the sense of uh, the sense of it has the sense of being cheered by God be encouraged is to be, it is to be cheered by God. God comes to cheer us up even in our low estate. See? He has that sense of cheering us to be cheered. Encouragement is related to hope. If we have hope, we shall be encouraged that our tomorrow is going to be better than today. So Paul experienced God as the God of all encouragement. In 2 Corinthians 1.4, he testifies that a God of encouragement encourages us in all our affliction. In all our affliction. That we may be able to be encouraged. Sorry. That we may be able to encourage those who are in every affliction through the encouragement with which we ourselves have encouraged, have, we are encouraged by God is an amazing verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4. Because we have been encouraged by God during our affliction, he encourages us in all our affliction for a reason. He says, I'm encouraging you as you are going through hard times so that you are able also to encourage those who are in the very affliction with what? And through what? Through the very encouragement with which you were encouraged by God. So that's why you see that ministers of God, they go through series of things so that as they are in those situations and hard times and afflictions, God, the God of all encouragement, encourages them, cheers them up. He tells them you can make it. You are able to overcome. So once they are out of that situation, they will encounter believers that have gone uh, that are going through some afflictions and difficulties they will use the same encouragement which the lord encouraged them with to be able to encourage the believers with the very encouragement they received that means that uh, this attribute of god we receive it in our trials we receive it in our afflictions you see, there is a scripture in the book of Psalms 119 whereby David says that it profited me that I went into trials and tests and problems. You see, in the trials and affliction, there is this attribute we come across, the attribute of encouragement. We get to know God as our encouragement, the God of all encouragement, God who cheers up in our low estate. Praise the name of the Lord. So first we need to experience the encouragement of God. You cannot bless another person by encouraging them with the encouragement of God unless you were somewhere in such a situation. 
And this means that you need to have experienced the encouragement of God. You are somewhere he, he, he ministered himself to you as encouragement. You experienced it. In other words, it was one of you. Encouragement has got to be one of me in order for me to encourage someone else. So, this means that we are encouraged so that we may be able to encourage others. This requires experience. In other words, here I mean that you have got to be a person who have, who have ever gone through something that you were encouraged. You know it, what it means to be encouraged by God. It was part of you as an experience. Praise the name of the Lord. I hope with that, with those few uh, statements, you are able to understand the God of encouragement and what and how encouragement comes. We shall proceed with the kindness. Kindness is another attribute of God. The New Testament reveals the divine attribute of kindness in the book of Romans chapter 2 verses 4. It says that do you despise the riches of his kindness and forbearance and long-suffering not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance. So we see that there is a there is a kindness that God uses that makes him to forbear long-suffer with us because this same kindness, the kindness of God is leading us to repentance when you come to Romans chapter 11 verse 22 it speaks of the kindness of God and his severity this emphasizes the attribute of God's kindness even furthermore we read previously in other episodes Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7 it declares that that he might display in the ages which are coming the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So here, kindness is a benevolent. It is a benevolent. When I say benevolent, I mean that kindness is a caring, a caring, a, a, a generous giving. It is a benevolent goodness which issues out of mercy and love. What issues out of mercy and love is kindness, which is also called compassion. But this kindness is something different from compassion. It is in such kindness that the grace of God, the grace of God is given to us. It is by this kindness. Praise the name of the Lord. And Titus, our last verse on this attribute Chapter 3 verse 4 to 5 says that when the kindness and love to man of the of our Savior God appeared and he saved us. Praise the name of Jesus. It was kindness and the love of this Jesus Christ that appeared that we were saved. So it is this kindness and love of our Lord that has saved us and made us different from others. Praise that the name of the Lord. But in Ephesians, Romans chapter 2, 4, we have seen another attribute that we don't want to leave behind in Romans 2, 4. We have seen that there is uh, what to call forbearance. So let me talk about forbearance. The forbearance of God as an attribute. Praise the name of the Lord. Regarding the way God deals with his sinners, if you read Romans chapter 2, 4, refers to his excellent attribute of forbearance. God forbears with fallen man for a purpose. He can be patient with you for a purpose. He can wait on you as you are still in that fallen life. 
until he saves you. His purpose in showing this forbearance is to accomplish his plan. Sometimes it takes God to be patient if he's carrying out something. And as he's patient even in a negative way whereby he's patient while we are living a negative life. That's what we call forbearance. He is forbearing you. It is as if he's carrying a burden he doesn't want to carry but he must carry it. Uh, that's This is what forbearance is all about. Praise the name of Jesus. So his purpose in showing forbearance is to accomplish his plan, his economy. And if God did not show forbearance to man, there would be no way for God to fulfill his purpose of accomplishing his economy. He has been patient enough. He has waited for ages. He has forbeared us even when Israel was sinning, God was forbearing. Even when See, he forbears because he has a plan. Meaning that your state will not divert God from what he's doing. He will, he will forbear you and he, until he brings you back. Until you change. Praise the name of Jesus. So, the Bible reveals that in, in his plan, all in his economy, God has exercised great forbearance. Remember, immediately after the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3, God began to show his forbearance in his dealing with man. If you read Genesis chapter 3 from the viewpoint of forbearance, you will see how forbearing God was with fallen man. He didn't come to judge there and then he didn't come to punish him, but he knew that man has brought in something that is so bad on himself, but I'll forbear until I, the right time to save this man. But between Adam's fall and the redemption, I assure you, God had to be forbearing enough. So God exercised his understanding, fully realizing man's situation and need. God also exercised his wisdom to deal with fallen man in a forbearing way. We should give God the glory. For the accomplishment of his eternal purpose, for the carrying out of his plan, of, of his economy, God has always exercised forbearance. With his forbearance, it is full of understanding. He understands that we are simply flesh and blood. We are clay. See, it takes full wisdom, patience, and consideration. Sometimes he considers the situation that led someone into that sin, into that problem. He says then, he is considerate. His forbearing, forbearance is also full of sympathy mercy, kindness, love, and grace. So, he uses all these when he's forbearing us. He's understanding, he's wise, he's patient, he's considering, sympath, he's, you see, he's so uh, sympathizing, merciful, kind, you see, as he's waiting for us to uh, change even the rich supply of life is included in God's forbearance. Praise the name of Jesus. God never commands us to do anything without considering our need and granting us his supply. God and God's forbearance always includes his adequate supply to meet our need. He's going to meet our needs as he's waiting for us to carry out what he wants us to carry out. This is what Forbearance is all about. God dealt with uh, different people in the uh, 
in different ways. It dealt with Adam in one way, with Abel in another way, you see, and with Cain in yet another way. In this we see that God is a God of forbearance. Praise the name of Jesus. So in the scriptures, there are different dispensations, different ways God deals with man. These dispensations are actually related to forbearance. For God to deal with people in a particular way during a certain age is for him to show forbearance. In each dispensation he has been dealing with man differently. Praise the name of Jesus. So God makes known his forbearance by dealing with us in a way that is reasonable, suitable, considerate, and he never disciplines anyone without proper consideration. He first considers many things before he begins to discipline someone. He often waits a long period of time before he chastises someone. This is God's forbearance. God certainly is a forbearing God. And this forbearing is always in this one God. And this forbearing is always his attribute. He's going to forbear us in dealing with us. Praise the name of Jesus. I hope you you now enjoy the kind of God I'm talking about. Allow me to go back a little and talk about peace and even some uh, joy and hope because these must go together. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, we come to peace. Peace is another attribute of God uh, which is called peace. Peace is another attribute of God in the New Testament. It speaks about both the peace of God and the peace, the God of peace. This we see in the scriptures in Philippians and in Romans, whereby we see the peace of God and the God of peace. Now, concerning the God of peace, Romans 16:20 says, A God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet shortly. A God of peace. Now, concerning the peace of God, Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So here we see that the peace of God is actually God as peace. This God as peace is infused into us through our fellowship with him by prayer. Whenever we come to prayer, God comes as peace to us. Praise the name of Jesus. This is the peace of God. Hallelujah. That is infused into us through our fellowship. Whenever we come to prayer, he infuses himself as peace to us. So as the, the counterbalance of troubles and the antidote of anxiety, God gives himself to us as peace. Because by the time you came to prayer, you had troubles, you had anxiety. That Philippians 4.6 says that don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer. Meaning that you came with anxiety, you had troubles that brought you to prayer. But when you came to prayer and you fellowshiped with the Lord in prayer, then he counterbalanced your troubles and the, he, he, he immunized your anxiety with peace. Remember he says in John 16.33 that in this world 
there are many tribulations and sorrows but be of good cheer i have overcome the world so as we are going through this turmoil and uh, hardships when we go to prayer god comes as peace of god now when we talk about the god of peace the god of peace mounts and guards our hearts and thoughts in Jesus Christ. He begins to patrol before our hearts and thoughts in Christ so that we don't even experience any more anxiety. Remember, it was the peace of God. But when he becomes the God of peace, it means that he's now mounting and guarding our over our hearts so that there is not even a trace of sorrow or anxiety. Uh, should be seen around and within our hearts. The God of peace comes to mount and to guard. Mounts guard. All he mounts. This begins to mount and uh, this God of peace begins to guard over our hearts and through Jesus Christ. He begins to patrol before our hearts and through our thoughts so that there is no anxiety. The peace of God and the God of peace are one. But they appear in different and in different uh, times. You first get the peace of God, then you enjoy the God of peace. So one is the first side and another is the second or the last, the other side. So when God is with us, peace is with us also. See, the genuine peace we enjoy is God himself. The way to enjoy God of peace is by praying. We have fellowship with Him. Whenever we pray, we are enjoying God, the God of peace. And as we are enjoying the God of peace, the peace of God becomes ours to enjoy, to meet all, to deal with our anxieties and fears. Praise the name of the Lord. So, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, Paul says that, And the God of peace himself sanctify you holy and here we see that the god of peace is a sanctifier his sanctification brings in peace when he sanctifies us peace is our portion when we are wholly sanctified by him from within we begin to enjoy his peace in every way because he has sanctified our spirit soul and body praise the name of the lord so in our experience, uh, peace is a condition that results from grace. When grace ministers to us, we get another condition, which is a peaceable condition. So it results from grace that issues from the enjoyment of God our Father. As you are enjoying God as grace, the condition is going to change from worry, from fear to peace. When we enjoy God as grace, we are in a condition that is full of rest and satisfaction. This is peace. Grace is a substance, whereas peace is a condition. That, that state whereby you feel at rest because God as grace is present. The substance of grace is God himself makes up grace is God himself. And the condition of peace is that which issues out of our enjoyment of God as grace. 
So, we all can testify of the peace we have when we enjoy God as grace. So, I must first enjoy God as grace for me to come to a peaceful condition. So, we have the divine substance as our enjoyment, which is grace. And we have the heavenly condition, which is peace. This is the peace which we enjoy. Glory to God. The fact that peace is the issue of grace. In other words, peace comes from grace. This indicates, and it is indicated by Paul. Greets the saints in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 2. And says, grace to you and peace. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This peace results from the enjoyment of God as grace. Which is also an attribute of God. And it is the attribute of the God whom we enjoy in Christ. So, we need to first enjoy God as grace. Then, we begin to enter into that condition of peace. Now, in the few minutes, I want to talk about uh, joy and hope. I have a little statement on that. And uh, we shall begin with joy in Romans 15, verses 13. The Bible says in Romans 15, Verse 13, it says that now a God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may be abound, may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. That is Romans 15, 13. It says the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, indicating that joy is one of God's attributes. And when we enjoy it as we enjoy God as as joy, enjoying God still. God is the God of enjoyment. Is for us to enjoy. That's why He has joy. With God is no happiness but joy, because joy goes further than happiness. Happiness happens when there is circumstances are good. When the circumstances are not good, happiness disappears. But joy will always be there. That's why the psalmist says that joy comes in the morning. Even when troubles were in the night, in the morning joy would be present because it is always there. It is God's attribute. It is when we enjoy God. In our experience, if we enjoy God as grace, we shall have peace. And if we have peace, then we shall have joy. So, you see, these are following each other. You first enjoy God as grace, as the substance, then you get a peaceful condition. You'll get peace. And as you're in that condition of peace, what is going to be with you is joy. You're going to be happy, contented, and assured that God is my rest and everything is well. Praise the name Jesus. Lastly, in this devotion episode today is hope. With the hope still, we are going to go back in that very verse Romans 15 verse 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So we have here hope as another attribute of God. And in Romans 15 13, speaks twice of hope which is also one of God's attribute. It says the God of hope that is the first mentioning fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope 
Again, we see another mention in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, God is the God of hope. And when he fills us with joy and peace, and we abound in hope. You begin to hope for a better tomorrow. You begin to see that all things are going to change. Those who are without joy and peace cannot have hope. If we enjoy God as grace and thereby have peace and joy, we shall be full of hope. We have a better tomorrow. Praise the name of the Lord. So, I've taken you into uh, most of the attributes and I believe that the next one to two episodes I will be finishing the the, the, the attributes of God as our uh, lesson. But we have talked about today uh, those few ones and we shall continue tomorrow. Uh, Once again, I am Pastor Dennis at Freedom Experience Ministry. Thank you for giving me your time to speak unto your spirit and your soul. God bless you. Until next time, bye-bye.